Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very excited to be with you today. We are going to be reviewing BYU's tough, tough matchup versus the bye week. Do not overlook the bye week. We will tell you why. We are going to be previewing week 11 of college football. There is a lot of good games on the docket. You will not want to miss the discussions that we are having. Before we get into the episode, we want to make sure we give a quick shout out to our Instagram and Twitter pages at Loyal2RoyalPod. You will find a lot of fun and interactive content on those pages. Make sure you're following. Help us get to 200 followers on Instagram by the end of the football season. Without further ado, let's get to it now. Let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here! That's right! Let's back this booler. Yeah! Yeah! Let's go wild. Let's man. go, baby. Let's go. Strong and True podcast. You are hearing the breath of my beautiful dog Coda. She's joining us for this podcast. Coda, say are, hello. Yeah, we're trying so hard to get her to talk or something, but she's just kind of being too good a girl right now. Normally, she is a little bit more restless and loud than this, but uh, of course, you know, put her in front of the camera, put her in front of the microphone, and you get a little bit of stage fright. You, we understand, Coda. You are not a seasoned professional like us co-hosts of the Royal Strong and True podcast. Absolutely. And it's uh, it's okay. We pardon her uh, completely. But let's get to it, shall we? Uh, we are without Dan tonight. Uh, oh, Tyler Algier, 423. Okay. He is on the television. We're, we're watching the Falcons, um, the Falcons-Panthers game right now. We know we're breaking our own rule watching an NFL football game, but we figure we are justified because we're watching Tyler Algier, BYU alum, take on Brady Christensen, and the Carolina offense, other BYU alum. And Brady Christensen's actually getting a lot of hype on this uh, broadcast. So Yeah, and Tyler Algier started. Yep. And so uh, it's great. Uh, he's not in right now, but we'll give you guys updates because I'm sure you guys would love to hear updates from uh, a day-old football game that yep. we were watching while we were recording. Yeah. Um, this is my dog. She is uh, the squeaking that's going on. Um, <laughs> awesome. Anyway, moving on. Uh we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping, but without Dan, we cannot actually clean the house. We can't use actual tools or items to clean the house, and we can't actually uh, cover purple football without no, him. When Dan's gone, we roughhouse. We don't clean the house, we roughhouse, baby. Uh, yes, and we're going to be doing that uh, first on an aircraft carrier, because uh-huh. today, November 11th, happy birthday to my mother, uh, is the aircraft carrier game. Michigan State, Gonzaga. 430 Mountain on ESPN. They will be playing on the USS Abraham Lincoln uh, in San Diego, California. Sweet. I It has been a very long time, like what, 10 years since we've had an aircraft carrier game or something. Uh, I just want to watch to see like what it's like. Like what? An outdoor college basketball game on a freaking aircraft carrier? 
That's so lit. That's amazing. Honestly, we absolutely love that. Uh, you know, they did play aircraft carrier games before, but then they took them away because the conditions were so great. The, the floor was getting a little wet and slippery sometimes. All this stuff. But then at the same time, they're putting college floorboards over ice. That is also making. <laughs> it's the, even worse. You know, the floor slippery. Let's let's look up the uh, the weather right now. Uh, what it will be tomorrow. See if we'll get any. As they always say over the pulpit, whenever it mm. rains or snows, some moisture. Some moisture. We thank thee for this moisture. And like, what, what I don't get is, <laughs> sorry, this is a little bit of a sidetrack right here. We don't have Dan to keep us. But whenever somebody is like praying or speaking over the pulpit about rain or snow, they don't just say like moisture. They thank you for this. And then like pause. Thank you for this moisture that we have received we are in great need of this moisture and they just go on and on and on and on about the moisture i don't get it anyway uh this weather in san diego tomorrow it is supposed to be sunny a little bit cloudy but it should not be precipitous there is a zero percent chance of precipitation so that's good only eight mile an hour winds nothing too crazy off the coast okay so it will be good i don't a good climate Oh, basketball game. Nice. Climate. Yes. Uh, I actually am so interested to see, like, will the waves, like, rock the boat at all? Will the – I mean, eight-mile-an-hour winds is eight miles an hour. Tyler Algier just had a first down run. Let's go. Uh, oh, there's a flag. Um, anyway, the eight-mile-an-hour winds is still eight miles an hour more than you would have in an arena. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I'm just excited to watch, not really for the basketball part because I think Gonzaga is going to, you know – for lack of a better word, they're going to destroy the Michigan State Spartans. Good good word choice. Yep. I, I did my homework there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We're talking a lot about basketball, and it's not even basketball season. Let's move on to actual football, shall we? And yeah, this is like as actual as football can get. We are going to the great country, yes, country of <laughs> Italy. 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 Who is introducing its own professional football league? Is this take, proper football or American football? This is American football, and it will take place in 2023, the inaugural season of the Italian Football League. <laughs> there are notable teams in this league, such as, and not limited to, the Frenzy, the, the Firenze, 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 the Dolphins, okay, the Rhinos. Mm. The scorpions, spelled with a K. Oh, nice. And the frogs. Okay. Those are just some of the teams. That's not even all. We're not even talking about the one that's literally just the Michigan logo with a football (laughs) placed on top of it. (laughs) That's funny. We ain't even talking about that. From Verona. And they're the Mastini. (laughs) I like the ducks. I like this. Yeah, scorpions is nice. I like the scorpions logo. It looks like something out of an Alex Ryder book. You know, like, do you ever read those spy books? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. You know what the best part about this league is, though? What? There is a Panthers, and there is a team that is a W and a V. We got our Italian backyard brawl. Let's go! We got Pitt, West Virginia, but in Italy, and it is not Pitt nor West Virginia. <laughs> but it looks like Pitt in West Virginia. That's amazing. And uh, the best part about all of this, the championship game. Will be held in the Glass Bowl in Toledo, Ohio. Let's go! What? 
When is it? Can, can we get tickets to this thing? Like, I, can I, we go? We probably should. We are obligated that to. Would be so, that would be such a cool trip, honestly, <laughs> to like, go to the Glass Bowl to watch the Italian Football League Championship. <laughs> then we can see that giant rocket that's pointed at Bowling Green's football stadium. <laughs> Their 50-yard line. <laughs> All right. Uh, w- this is obviously off to a great start oh, here. Oh, no. We're having fun. <laughs> we're having fun, baby. Um, next up, we have some more spring football. Uh, Samson Nakua, notable BYU Cougar, didn't play for any other football teams in college. Uh, he is signing with the Pittsburgh Maulers of oh, the USFL. Okay. He's going to be rocking those absolutely horrendous orange and yellow uniforms. Uh, but that's cool. I'm excited we get to see him, and I'm excited he gets another shot to play football. Aren't the Pittsburgh Maulers that team that cut a guy because he ordered a pizza instead of eating a chicken Caesar salad? <laughs> yes. And let's be honest, Samson is going to do a lot more than just order a pizza. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> While we're on the topic of football, we do have a wonderful, wonderful surprise. This was unexpected, like out of left field. Like Completely. I didn't even know this was going on. Apparently, Conference USA was renegotiating its media rights. Okay. As we all do these days. Yeah, why not? Sure. With ESPN and CBS Sports Network. They have agreed to a new contract with them that is much more lucrative. And every single one of their games in the month of October will be played on a weekday. Let's go! So that means we get weekday action in October and then weekday action in November. We get two months of weekday football instead of just the one now. Shout out to Conference USA. That is <laughs> that is glorious music to my ears. Can you imagine? As, as soon as October 1st hits, it's going to be like conference weekend and then football every single day until December. Incredible. Two months straight, you're not going to have to not watch football. That is that's amazing. I can't tell you how many days in October, how many weeks, just during a football season that it's like Tuesday and I'm like, I'm like, why is there football on? What am I supposed to do on a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon? I can't even watch the NFL if I wanted to. Now, don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Big victory for us. Big loss for our wives. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. That is an unforeseen consequence by these Conference USA members. One thing I also want to mention... Um, Sean Walker, you guys know him. He part of KSL tweets about BYU football a lot. Tweets about you know the entire state of Utah and its football. Sean Walker juked me the frick out. Uh oh. So let me explain what's going on here, okay? <laughs> so I am walking back from my final class. I get out of my Python class where we're analyzing some NFL data and stuff. It's pretty cool. Like my professor. Anyway, I'm walking back and I have one percent on my phone. Okay. So I'm just like scrolling through Twitter as I'm walk- doing the mile and a half walk to my car. <laughs> and I see he posted something where it said, on the first day of NIL or something like that, BYU signs a five-star recruit. Oh? And I said, excuse me? So I click on it to zoom in and be like, what is he talking about? And my phone dies instantaneously. No! Right then and there. So I'm thinking... In my mind, driving home because I don't have a car, uh, car charger either because it blew up. Like it just straight up like short circuited and blew up. I'm thinking, man, what is this five-star recruit? What is this five-star recruit? I need to know. Then I look it up when I get home. Turns out it was a five-star recruit signed for the men's tennis team. Oh. Which is like cool, I guess. Apparently they've had a five-star recruit in six of the last, uh, five of the last six recruiting cycles. 
So shout out That's to interesting. BYU Men's Tennis for that. But uh, <laughs> yes, um, so BYU Men's Tennis gets a five-star recruit, not basketball or football. Good for um, them. So yeah, that's that's exciting news. <laughs> Definitely didn't meet your expectations, I don't think. <laughs> you know, tennis is a good sport. I do like tennis. Yeah. It, just if you're going to get a five-star recruit, I'd rather have it in football or basketball, I think. Correct. <laughs> um, anyway, good for men's tennis. And that's talking tennis. That's talking tennis. That is the most we'll ever talk about tennis ever, ever <laughs> on this podcast. Um, well, as you all know, BYU has a bye week this week. And so we have decided to go back and do a little recap of something that happened this uh this this summer, we went through, we did win totals, projections for all of the teams, and we're 10 weeks in, 11 if you count the uh, week 11. Yeah. Or not week 11. Week, week zero. Week zero. Um, and I went through, we calculated all of the ones we had picks for, uh, we've calculated it up, who's been hit, who has not, out of 131 over-unders uh, for win totals, 51 have already cashed. I don't know if that's normal, but that's almost half. Um, and we have some standings uh, through these first 51. And let me tell you, they are not pretty. No. Uh, Dan uh, and I missed a couple. I missed the Independence episode. Dan missed a couple of conferences. So we're just going to go off win percentage um, just to even the playing field here, um, make it easier to understand. Dan, he leads at an exactly 500 clip. Nice. 50%, 14 and 14. Uh, and then we go to Justin. Justin. Doing uh, okay, forty three percent, and I'm at forty one and a half percent. I mean, given sports betting odds, that isn't awful. Like, th- like it's true. There are very lucrative uh, cheese it sports cheese it betters out there that are very profitable at that clip if you bet your money if you bet your cheese it's right. Right, you have so, to hit the right juice on the right bets, and yeah. I'm so I can in no way prove this, but <laughs> the fifty seven percent that I'm out on were um, minus odds anyway. They weren't plus odds. But the 43% that I hit on were all plus odds. All plus odds. So <laughs> it does not affect me at all whatsoever. I am plus uh, 2,000 Cheez-Its right now. Definitely. No worries. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, looking back at this, it's kind of interesting to see the ones that we saw coming, the ones we didn't see coming. I think the biggest miss on all of our parts was BYU. It. We saw 8-5 and five at the beginning of the season. And we thought, are you kidding me? What? Eight and five, slam the over. And BYU sitting at five and five right now. The under has already cashed. Yeah, because just a reminder to everyone, like even if we honestly, like even with a bowl game, we can only go eight and five. But these <laughs> these um, win total projections are only for the regular season. They do yes. not include any postseason, as in bowl games. Um, conference championship, conference championship games. games. They do not include any of that. So, yeah, we definitely missed on BYU. It's unfortunate, and, you know, I'd rather that not have happened, but it did. <laughs> but there are some other ones that we thought we were absolutely solid on that we got terribly wrong. First off, let's start with the elephant in the room. Uh, the actual elephant in the room. The tide, the crimson tide of Alabama had a projected win total of 11. I believe all three of us slammed that over. They're all, they already have two losses. I did not see this one coming. I mean, we all thought that we'd be completely safe with a one loss and you have the push insurance at it being 11 flat. Yep. I don't know. I mean, obviously it's a disappointment to Alabama fans, but what does that say about Alabama? Is the dynasty of Nick Saban over? What? I, I don't know. Where does Alabama go from here? 
NIL killed Nick Saban. Oh, okay. He can't handle the new uh, terms of agree- terms and conditions of college football, apparently. Nope. It okay. only worked for him when he was the only one doing it. <laughs> now that everyone's doing it, got him. It's not working so well. <laughs> um, for me, this is kind of just plays into the larger narrative that I think we've seen through this college football season. Um, Georgia may or may not be an exception; it has yet to be seen, really. Um, but I think the par- the level of parity in the college- in college football is like the gap between the good teams and the great teams and the great teams and the bad teams. Like it's all becoming closer together. We've yeah. seen a lot more teams beat a lot more great teams. Like LSU somehow is up there with Alabama. Alabama's dropped a couple. Like the level of parity is much much higher, and I think that's going to keep happening. I think kind of like you said with NIL, I think that's going to level the playing field. And we've seen, obviously, Jimbo Fisher, <clears throat> that just buying players doesn't work. Yeah. Right? And like, it doesn't work. Like, Jimbo Fisher has been trying this for forever, and he has never once done anything at Texas A&M even remotely respectable. In fact, he has a worse record than Kevin Sumlin, the coach he was hired to replace, right? That was fired uh, to hire Jimbo Fisher. Um <laughs> So I don't that know. Bio's ridiculous, right? The <laughs> ninety-five million bajillion dollars—it's ridiculous. The bio. Um, but another two things that I look at as proof of parity: mm. Georgia Tech over three and a half already. <laughs> Vandy over two and a half. <laughs> like over by October, <laughs> it won three games before October, and they haven't won anything since. At that's crazy. We all we all looked at their schedule and said, Vandy, you'll be lucky to get one game. <laughs> Over by October. So, uh, I don't know. It's it's just interesting to me to see that the, the bottom of college football is becoming much better. And obviously, not all the teams, right? right. But, it, especially in the Power 5 conferences, as we've seen with the Big 12, the margin for error is much, much smaller this year, and I think in the future than what it has been in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at some teams that have made coaching decisions recently and have replaced their coaches and have gone from the bottom to even a mid-tier team, which is saying a lot because it takes a lot to go from a bottom-tier team to a mid-tier team. I mean, just look at UConn. Yeah. UConn, I'm not sure exactly what their projected win total was. Two and a half. It was at two and a half. They're already at five wins with a chance to get two more on the They could go bowling. They could go bowling this year, which is absolutely insane to think that UConn could go bowling, to think that all these other random teams could go bowling. It is insane. BYU could even go bowling. (laughs) Shout out to a certain individual that we interviewed that said he was so excited to go bowling at BYU. Anyway, um, (laughs) not going to mention any more of that. Like you said, Jared, there's just a lot more parody in college football. It's so much more fun to watch nowadays because the teams actually have a chance. Yeah. Which is awesome. And, and it's something that we've seen in every single game. Like I said, Georgia may be the only exception. They may be, they may be the one juggernaut this year. But every other team in college football has looked gettable at one point or another. I mean, even Georgia played Mizzou close. That's true. They, Mizzou's quarterback is any, what, any which way competent in the last drive of the game. Like, they have a chance to go win that football game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like Georgia's been – here's the thing. Georgia's been blowing out good teams, <laughs> blowing out great – the better you are, the better they'll play. The worse mm-hmm. you are, the worse they'll play. They are the quintessential, like, like I don't know, like Bronco, Mendenhall, BYU football team. You know? <laughs> or Kyle Whittingham, Utah team. Yeah, Kyle, yeah. Play up to your talent. <laughs> 
but play down to your talent as well. Yep. So. Look at Tyler Algier just drag six guys for three yards. Love it. Dude, Tyler, is he's an animal. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. I'm ex- very excited with the – what in the world? <laughs> Look at that chin strap. Mike Ditka. Dude, the chin strap is bigger than his face mask Dude, is. There is no room between his forehead and the helmet. <laughs> like It is just like straight up like tattooed on. I feel bad for the football players <laughs> in 1961. Um, anyway, the future of the sport of college football, and maybe we could just do this to wrap up uh, yeah. this little look back, look ahead kind of bird's eye view of the sport. Uh, the, the future of college football is an interesting one. Oh my gosh! Tyler Algier just took a D-end head-on and got five yards out of it. <laughs> I freaking love that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that guy's, that guy's career is going to be two years long. <laughs> it's going to be – look at his hand towel. It's just completely muddy. Um, I – this is what I'm going to say about the future of college football. Um, I heard a couple of podcasters on Cover 3 Podcast, Tom Fernelli and Danny Cannell and Bud Elliott. They got into it the other day. Yeah, Tom Fernelli, you're a freaking idiot. <laughs> yep, I totally agree. I, yeah. I was definitely on Danny and Bud's Dude, side. I just love how Bud was like, Tom, are you aware that there's a Central and Pacific time zone? <laughs> yeah. It's not just the Eastern. Yes. And Tom was just dumbfounded. Yep, yeah. And the Falcons running the ball? Huh? Anyway... Here's what I'm going to say, because I think Tom is right in a, in, in a sense. And let's, for the listeners who probably don't listen no, to this yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tom was basically arguing that expanding a playoff isn't going to matter. Mm-hmm. And Bud and Danny were arguing that it will matter, mm-hmm. right? And I think that it changes things, and I think it's for the better, but this is, I, this is how I see it. Right now... Only the juggernauts of college football really care about the postseason, right? Right. The Alabamas, Georgias, Ohio State, Michigan, maybe Tennessee this year, right? Like, those are the only teams that really have a shot at the playoff. And so the regular season matters to them. Yeah. Correct? Mm -hmm. I think if you expand it to 12, the regular season will matter for more teams. Yeah. For those juggernaut teams, which we've already said, I think are becoming – like, the gap is shortening. It's – is – is not – uh, as big as it once was. Darn it, why can't you throw it to Tyler Algier? Anyway, um, I think that making this playoff bigger maybe won't increase the importance of the regular season for those Alabamas, right? Because no, Alabama can still lose two games and get in. Yeah. But imagine all of the other teams. Like, mm-hmm. if, if we're looking at a pyramid and the top, part, top portion of the pyramid is the great teams – the good teams is significantly larger, and I think that's what a 12-team playoff inc- increases the significance of the season for those second-tier teams. Oh, I absolutely agree, and that's kind of what uh, Bud Elliott was arguing, that it makes November a lot more interesting for a lot more teams. Obviously, it's not going to make Alabama more interesting. You know, They're going to do what they do, and it's fine, whatever. But these teams, like, let's say, I don't, let's talk about... Oregon, UCLA, USC. Right. Let's talk about the Big 12 even. Now that yeah. you know, Oklahoma's going to be leaving, who is their perennial um, playoff. playoff representative. You know? yep. For what about a decade now, the West Coast, the central United States even, but mainly the West Coast, has not been able to produce an undefeated football team. Yeah. It's always one loss, one loss conference two. champion, two loss conference champion. That basically means... 
half of the geographical United States <laughs> doesn't care about football in November until they watch the national championship game just because they you know they want it's to. The it's the national, it's national championship game. If you make it so that more teams actually care and have a chance to make the playoff, you're not going to lose half of the United States. You are going to keep the Los Angeles market, which is incredibly important to college football. You're going to keep you know, the, the Pacific Northwest market. You're going to keep the, the, the Utah market as BYU <laughs> it's and huge. University of Utah <laughs> fight for relevance. You know? I think expanding the playoff will be a net positive for everyone in the sport. I feel like TV viewership will go up. Maybe it will go down for some schools, but up, by, up, with, up for so many other schools that it will all even out and it will be a net positive. I think it's, it's just going to be a lot more fun. Yeah. Who doesn't like more fun? <laughs> we are. For whatever reason, it seems like whoever is in <laughs> charge of running football leagues, be it the NFL, the NCAA, are the only people in the world opposed to fun. Yes. 100% agree. And I 100% agree with you about what you're saying is that it's healthy for the sport to involve more regions, if you if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it'll show up in viewership numbers, but I also think that it's going to show up and even maybe in more of an impact in the people that are physically there. Yeah. You're not going to have the Rose Bowl 15,000 people in a 100,000 seat arena. Uh-huh. Like you are going if, – if UCLA has a legit shot to make the playoff every year, that thing is going to be packed yeah. to the brim. And what makes college football great – it's not the play on the field. It's not the TV. It is the atmosphere mm-hmm. at the game. Mm-hmm. And by including more teams, you're going to keep fan bases interested and invested through more of the season yeah. into November, like <clears throat> like Bud and Danny were saying. And that is what's going to make college football great again, to use the slogan of, a, of a, an unpopular person. Of an orange. Of an orange. <laughs> an unpopular orange. Uh, that is what's going to make college football greater great again is involving <laughs> these massive fan bases like untapped potential of the pac 12 mm-hmm. untapped potential in the big 12 i mean the big 12s we're seeing it, it's very competitive yeah. Yeah. but imagine like tcu has to go undefeated and make the playoff let's mm-hmm. be honest if they lose once they probably are not going to get in but imagine if you had tcu and a team like kansas state or oklahoma state somebody that's also ranked high that could also have a chance to make the playoff can you imagine what those environments would be like in november insane insane you know, I, I love TCU, which is weird to say as a BYU fan coming out of the Mountain West. You know, I love TCU. One of the things I learned about them that I love the most about them and why I think they should have a shot at the playoff, even if there is one loss or, you know, some of these other schools. At any given point at a TCU home football game, if the student section is sold out, which it has been for the past, you know, 10, 11 games. Mm-hmm. About 60% of its student body is in that student section. <laughs> TCU is not a big school. It does not have a huge student enrollment. More than 50% of its entire student body is in that student section when the game kicks off. Oh my gosh. That is incredible. That's that's what, what we're talking about. Atmosphere. It's a school that cares. Yes. A school that wants its football team to succeed and invest in it. There will be teams like TCU that will come up every once in a while. They should have a legitimate chance of the playoff and not be brushed to the side when they mess up one or t- once or twice. Just like, you know, Alabama, two losses, still ranked in the top ten. Yep. Name one team out of the SEC that could have two losses and still be ranked in the top ten. I, no one. I would have said Clemson, but they dropped all the way to number ten with one loss. So, like, mm-hmm. literally it's the only it's only the SEC, and I guarantee you LSU's top five. 
or whatever, uh, Alabama's top seven. If Georgia or Tennessee lost twice, they'd still be in the top eight, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's one more thing, just to wrap this up. I know we yeah. <laughs> can go over a little bit. We're kind of just going off on like a bunch of random tangents. But to wrap this kind of up, that's one last thing that I want to see changed is the selection process for the playoff. Yeah, the BCS was not perfect because there was baked in bias to the SEC. Right, yeah. the SEC. Uh, the strength of schedule of all the SEC teams was super, super high because all the SEC teams were rated super, super high, and it's because they were SEC teams. It's not because they beat good opponents, yep. right? Mm-hmm. They'd beat up on Southern Miss and, and Tulane and USF, and then their strength hey. of record would be super hey. high. Uh, I'm talking like 2005. Hey. 2005. Do not <laughs> spit in the face of Tulane Okay, football. okay. Tulsa. Tulsa. Okay, deal. That's fine. <laughs> but, like, let's be honest. That's, that's what it was, right? And so that's yeah. why you saw an Alabama-LSU national championship game. Yeah. Now, Disgusting. now it's worse because we have people on the committee that are clearly biased. Oh yeah, people have allegiances. Like, yeah, they do. Why are these people from different schools, these athletic directors, these exactly. these ex football coaches, why on earth are they on the committee? They shouldn't be. There's no representatives from the G5 on the committee. Like, no. it's disgusting. It, that needs to change. It needs to be completely third party, and there does need to be a power ratings aspect to it. I don't I, think I, agree. I don't think the power rating should be based off of recruiting because Texas A and M would be in the playoff right now, right? And we can see that recruiting does not translate, right? Um, and then I also think that there should be no strength of record, strength of schedule metric that has anything to do with preseason or with con- like. It has to be solely based on your performance. I agree. Right? Like Absolutely. margin of victory over the record of the team you beat. Something simple like that, but it needs to be metric-based and also a third-party based so that we can hold both parties accountable and get the four most deserving and best teams in, and it would be 12, obviously, in the future. Yep. Absolutely agree. I mean, before we go off any more on this subject, <laughs> I think it's time for us to move on. I, I do want Before we move on, I do want to talk some BYU football. Okay. I know that we are in the bye week. Yeah. So this is kind of a uh, cathartic time for us as podcast hosts and as a podcast community. Mm -hmm. We know we have had a lot of ups, sorry, some ups and a lot of downs this season. Yes. But it's the bye week. We are currently favored by two and a half points versus the bye week. Hopefully we don't get upset. Hopefully. Hopefully we do not lose to the bye week. We're all going to take BYU and the points. Yes. We're taking BYU and the points in that one. We've heard a lot this week that Kalani Sitake is going to take this week to meet with basically everybody on the team, meet with the people that are graduating, meet with the people that are coming to the end of their eligibility, and figure out, are you coming back, mm-hmm. or are you going to the league? People like at Puka, who could leave, yeah. Are you moving on from football, like a Baylor Romney situation, or are you transferring away from the program? That very well may happen. There are people out there. We're already hearing the whisperings that there are some people that are going to transfer. Mm-hmm. I did want to highlight one of those. Now, obviously, nothing is concrete, but I have seen a lot of reputable reporters or a lot of reputable guys on Twitter talking about this, that it's basically a done deal that at the end of the season, Peyton Wilgar will transfer. Interesting. Okay. Peyton Wilgar, been with the team for a while, one of our better linebackers, mm-hmm. kind of been hurt on and off this year. Yeah, more this year than other years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay performance. Does it worry you to see guys like him take this season, take how our defense has performed and maybe defensive changes and say, you know what, I'm hitting the portal? It it does a little bit. And, and here's my reasoning because I think 
as soon as we lost to ECU or even to Liberty, right? We were like, oh boy, you know, we knew it had come off the rails. And I think we all kind of, whether we wanted to admit it or not, we were kind of admitting or expecting this to happen, right? Yeah. That there would be players that would pull a Dallin Holker mm. and wash my mouth with soap after the episode. Can you blame him? Um, not anymore. <laughs> How extensively we throw the ball to Isaac Wright. I know, right? Poor guy. Um, but in the end, would it hurt to just have a fresh restart? Would it like obviously we're gonna suck at the Big Twelve whether we get all these guys back or not? Like yeah. I, I think it's gonna be a rough transition period. So I think m- maybe if there's guys that don't want to be here, I would rather not try and convince them to stay. Right. I'd rather clean slate and start over with people who who love Kalani, who want to stay in the program, and who are committed to it. Yeah. Because I don't want to get another situation like down the local. Where he plays in two games and then says, I'm out, right? Basically goes into the season thinking, okay, I might transfer. Right, exactly. We don't want guys like that. We want guys that are completely bought into the program, and we want guys that are going to say, okay, you know what? Thick and thin, hell and high water, I am sticking with this team. Exactly. You know, so maybe it's good that we're weeding some of those guys out. Uh, I will say, like, we're not in any way attacking Peyton Wilgar, you know? No, no, no. He needs to make the decision that is best for him and for his future. And if that is leaving Brigham Young University, then... By all means, do it. Yeah. We just hate to see it as fans. Exactly. And let's be honest. Like, you can take the Jazz as an example, right? Obviously, we hate the NBA. We hate all yep. professional sports. But yep. this is an example. Except for the NHL. Except for the NHL is exciting. Yeah. It's great. Um, but I'm just going to take this as an example. Uh, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and the, just the Jazz as an organization. All three won that broke up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the breakup. Broke up. Breakup, break sure. Like Rudy Gobert's killing it with the Timberwolves, uh, Donovan Mitchell's killing it with the Cavs, right? Yeah. And then the Jazz are obviously. Number people are one. just shoving that down my throat. Number with, one in the West right now. Yeah, they're like ramming it down my throat with a long wooden stick. Just Jazz ten and three. <laughs> yeah, but all over Twitter. <laughs> it's it's okay. Like I feel like it's okay to have that. Just flush the toilet, restart, yeah. right? And I. I I think maybe that needs to happen, especially with the coaching staff. Um, but if it needs to happen with players too, like, good for them. Like, it would probably benefit them to go to a different team and just get a clean restart. And it would benefit us to get fresh faces in the room. Absolutely. I agree. And do you think those conversations are happening amongst the coaches as well? Like, hey, like, love you, man. Love and learn. But, like, <laughs> start updating your resume as well. Like, uh, That's an interesting one because uh, I feel like that would be courteous. To do, but it sure. would also be like a backhanded, like I'm firing you, so get ready, you know. So yeah. I, I, I really have no idea what that dynamic is like. I do think there's going to be turnover in the coaching ranks uh, after this season. I think it will be significant as well. It's not going to be, you know, just a reshuffling. I think it's going to be significant. Well, I agree, and it's not just going to be a product of what happened this year. That is going to be a huge proponent of it, right? But it's also going to be a product of us getting a whole heck of a lot more money this upcoming year, going exactly into the twelve and being able to pay coaches more. So maybe you know we would have seen restructured contracts at the end of this year anyway, whether it was paying them more or letting them go and bringing in new guys, at, you know, that are a at a higher price. You know, yeah, we're gonna see a lot of turnover. In, you know, I honestly believe that. But something in the back of my mind is telling me that Kalani loves these guys too much to let them all go. <laughs> but no, they're, they're, like we've had this conversation multiple times on the podcast. There, there are certain guys that we want gone. There are certain guys that we are kind of on the fence on. about. Yeah. There are few, but existent 
<laughs> there's a there's a small but existing group of people that were like, okay, no, let's let's keep these guys. Right. So um, yeah, let's let's keep Kalani. Let's keep Coach G. Let's move into the future and let's, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just a couple of the names, right? <laughs> that's not all. That's the names. not a comprehensive. That's list. not a comprehensive list there by any means. One other person. <laughs> anyway, I think the influx of money is definitely going to have to do yeah. with it as well. Yeah, we're going to get a massive influx of money, and that's going to lead to a lot of changes. Money, 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 money. Speaking of money, 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 money. Let's make our listeners some Jesus, 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 Jesus. A little scary. <laughs> All right, uh, college football week eleven. This is a loaded, <laughs> loaded weekend, and it's it's kind of interesting. It's like Saturday is like the perfect. Not perfect because there's too many good games on all at once, and you mm-hmm. need a setup like we usually have in order to actually watch them all. Yeah. Um, and I know our listeners maybe don't have three or four or five TVs to set up all at once, right? Yeah. But it's interesting because during the the noon slate or the 10 a.m. slate, it's like a, a couple of games. 1.30 is like, okay, there's more. And then at 5, there's a bajillion. And then at 8.30, there's like a couple of good ones too. So it's yep. like it's the perfect ramp up and then little a little wind down. Uh, to the end, and it gets started on Friday night. East Carolina, who has already beaten two future Big Twelve teams, yep. tries to make it three and four next week. They could go four and zero oh against the teams who joined the Big Twelve. That'd yep. be awesome. They play at <laughs> Cincy. Cincy's favored by five. That's Friday night on ESPN two, right after the Gonzaga Michigan State uh, aircraft carrier game. Dan going with Cincy and the Bearcats. Uh-huh. Fans sixty six. 0.666 repeating probably uh-huh. percent of them going with Cincy as well. Justin, who are you going to take in this matchup? See, this is a really tough one for me just because East Carolina has played very well against the future Big 12 opponents, but they are playing in Cincinnati. Mm. I do think Luke Fickle is a really good coach. I think Cincinnati has a decent team, though they have you know slipped up here and there. I think East Carolina's power rating is a little inflated by what they did against an overrated BYU team. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I'm going to be taking Cincy in this one. Okay. I am going to be taking these Los Pirates. Oh. I don't even know if that's really how you say it. Piratas. Piratas. Yeah. You know, pirates just never came up on my vision. <laughs> I also know how to say pirates booty. Ooh. Botin. Botin is booty. Yeah. De, de pirata. Botin. Botin. De pirata. Mm-hmm. Botin de porata. Pirata. I don't know why, like, I, I, I literally looked up in my Spanish to English dictionary, booty, but, like, not, like, you know, like, booty, like... Like the butt. Like the butt, but, like, you know, pirate's booty. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was a fun word to use every once in a while. Okay. Boutin. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, I'm going with ECU. I just <laughs> want to see him beat the Big 12 incomer, like, newcomers. That, that would be hilarious. I, that would be sick. That, that would be huge for their program, and that would stick them on top of the AAC moving into the next season. So, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I'm a narrative guy. I'm a principal guy. I'm going with ECU in the narrative. Fair enough. Now we move on to the Sickos Committee Game of the Week. Oh, yeah. Don't you dare forget it. At 5.30 p.m. on SEC Network, you will see Texas A&M travel to take on Auburn, who is a one-and-a-half-point home favorite, after <laughs> letting go their coach, Brian Harson. Dan has chosen ATM, sorry, A&M, sorry, eight and four, sorry. Yeah, Texas A&M they to win they this game. They wish they were eight and four. Um, the fans, 58% of them, have chosen Auburn to win this game, so some discord there. Jared, who do you got? Uh, this is a disgusting game. Yeah, it's, this it's is gross. absolutely horrendous. Yeah. This is like when you're walking down the streets in Peru and you look over 
and there's just like a poop sitting on the ground. Yep. Flies, maggots, the whole nine yards. Wonderful. That's this game. These mm. two programs, absolutely poverty programs in every meaning of the word except the money. Um, <laughs> it's disgusting. This is Jared's patented Siri game. Let's let's flip a coin. Hey Siri. <laughs> hey Siri. Flip a coin. Huh? Heads is uh oh I, I I didn't decide. It said heads, but I didn't know which one was heads. Okay, let's, let's, let's decide now. Redo it, redo it. Okay, uh Texas NM is heads. Okay. Because they're got a head full of air. Okay, got it. Flip a coin. It's heads. Alright. All right. Why are you going to Texas AM? Yeah, I know. I feel disgusting about that. But if I were to choose Auburn, I would also feel disgusting. <laughs> well, I feel disgusting just like you in choosing Auburn. I will be choosing Auburn in this game just because they just fired Brian Harson. So uh, they're going to have – we fired our coach back uh, – bounce back game. Mm. Who knows? Um, at the very least, though, I have every confidence in the world placing my Cheez-Its against Jimbo Fisher, who has just turned into an absolute dumpster fire of a head coach. Yeah. I 100% agree. It's hilarious that they fired Kevin Sumlin for this guy. Yep. Paid him $95 million, mm-hmm. and then he's worse than Kevin Sumlin. Yep. Jameis Winston carried him. <laughs> he really did. Yep. He really did. Because he ran Auburn into the gr- or he ran Florida State into the ground, mm-hmm. and then came to Texas A&M. And they're like, oh, he's great. Ran them into the ground. Yep. It's like Mario Cristobal, dude. Miami hires him, and then it's like, what is this? He's like misusing a good quarterback and running our program into the ground. Look what he did in Oregon. He did the exact same thing. But he can recruit. But he's a great recruiter. Don't hire him as a recruiter. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. We have another Sickos game. 1.30 on ESPN3. The networks say everything, right? We got Miami, not Ohio. I know you all got excited. Nope. This is Miami, Florida. Going to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a one and a half point favorite. Oh, baby. Miami was an AP preseason top 10 team. Oh, baby. Yeah, this is disgusting. Um, Dan is going with Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. going with the Yellow Jackets. Uh, the fans are going Miami in this one, 68%. I'm pretty sure they're just going brand there. Uh, anyway, Justin, where are you leaning? I'm leaning, uh, honestly, just like the fact that it's on ESPN3 made me remember those old commercials when ESPN3 first came out where it's just like, <laughs> like sports clips and it was like three is the magic number <laughs> yes it is <laughs> nothing could be better than the ocho though anyway oh yeah um i'm gonna go with miami in this one just because georgia tech has already hit their win total for the year okay um they don't have anything left to fight for <laughs> they're not gonna get to a bowl miami i just think like they can out talent georgia tech even though they will not be out co- they will not be out coaching georgia tech True. that is absolutely for sure but uh, honestly i just think it's a progression to the mean kind of game for Miami for me, so give me the Hurricane. It could also be a progression to the mean for Georgia Tech as well. You know, they already won four games. That's like four seasons worth for them. Actually, regression to the mean for them. Uh, I'm gonna go with Georgia Tech, and here's why. Uh, a couple years ago, um, probably ten. It was like 2011, 2012, 2013. Uh, Georgia Tech played Mississippi State in a bowl game, I think. Yeah. Um, and I was playing the game out on uh, NCAA Football 12 that I had at that point on my Xbox 360. Uh, still have it, though I play NCAA 14 now. And uh, I was playing with Georgia Tech uh, because I hated Mississippi State because they're in the SEC, and I wanted to beat the crap out of them. And I won the game like 150-0. to zero. 
sick. It was disgusting. The play action was completely broken in that game. If you run it <laughs> twice, throw a play action pass, it was an instant touchdown, especially coming out of the triple option. So yeah. I broke the system, won with Georgia Tech, fell in love with Georgia Tech then. Obviously, I haven't even sniffed them because they haven't been worth sniffing lately. But now that we have a chance, I'm going with the Yellow Jackets. I'm going with Georgia Tech. In 2015, Georgia Tech defeated Mississippi State 49-34, to ending the season ranked 12th in the AP poll. There you go. That's probably what it was. Next up, at 5 p.m. on Fox, actual Fox, not Fox 2 or some nonsense like that, we have the number 25 Washington Huskies traveling to Oregon to take on the 6th sixth, the ranked Ducks, who are 13.5 point home favorites. Dan has chosen Oregon in this one. Fans, 81% of them have also chosen Oregon. Jared, who do you got? I'm going to Oregon in this one. They're wearing their all-yellow highlighter uniforms. And just, let's be honest, people are pumping this up to be a game. I think Oregon is going to boat race them. They are going to beat the Schnoggleins out of Washington. I'm going with Oregon. I agree. This is not going to be close. The only thing that Washington has going for them is a blowout win over a Michigan State team that turns out to have sucked. So, <laughs> give me Oregon. Yep. Uh, Bonix for Heisman. Is it actually a real thing this year? Because we've heard this every single year he's been playing college football, yep. and it would cause us to keel over in laughter uh-huh. the previous years because he was so bad at Auburn. Uh-huh. But he's actually playing well. He's having fun. He's having fun. Do you think this is a product of him playing lesser opponents, as the SEC people would tell you? <laughs> or do you think this is a product of just a new uh, – a new climate, as you said earlier, a new climate, just a new atmosphere, environment to be in that is bringing forth this this fun attitude that he has, this just playing loose and easy and, and causing him to make less mistakes. I think it's the new system. He's enjoying it. He's finally, uh, you know, Dan Lanning isn't a quarterback guy. He's a defense guy, but he's hired some guys that allow him to cook and do what he needs to do. And they've put him in situations where he doesn't have to put everything on his back like he did at Auburn. So I think it's the coaching change, the situation change, it's a better overall offense, better overall weapons, even though the SEC people might not like you saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just think he's just a better fit at Oregon. Do you think he can win the Heisman? No. No? No. Who, who's your Heisman frontrunner then? It's, I, in my opinion, the Heisman is reserved for the whoever wins the SEC championship game. Gotcha. So probably Stetson Bennett or something like that. Maybe Stetson Bennett. Even though he, don't, he doesn't really deserve it. I mean, he doesn't not deserve it's it. It's probably going to be Jaden Daniels, let's be honest. LSU is going to lose by 30 to Georgia. And they'll be like, Jayden oh, Jaden Daniels. Jayden Daniels. Is win the Heisman throwing like 27% and running for <laughs> 200 yards a game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm actually interested. I, I would be interested if the Heisman were a legitimate trophy. Yeah. But as we've seen, Bryce Young won the Heisman last mm-hmm. year. That's all that I needed to know. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on. Sorry, Mark. Speaking of Alabama. We're going to the Alabama at Ole Miss game. Get your popcorn ready, as Lane Kiffin would have you know. Uh, number nine, Alabama going up against number 11, Ole Miss, 130 CBS. Fans actually pretty closely split on this one. Only 55% going with Bama. Dan also went with Bama. Justin, will you also go with Bama? Freak it. We ride, baby. I'm taking Ole Miss in this one. Why not? You know, Bama, you know, it's they're struggling. The end of the Nick Saban era is coming, in my humble opinion. It's time for him to move on because he cannot survive in the NIL era. Give me Ole Miss. Yeah, I am one bajillion percent with you. Uh, there is 
no way that I'm going to choose against my beautiful powder blue. They're going with the powder blue helmet and the powder blue uniform. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Jackson Dart is going to have his Anakin scar eye black. Love it. Literally does nothing for him. In fact, it probably makes his eyesight worse having it on just one eye. It right? looks cool though. But it looks dope. I think he's going to go you off. You look good. You play good. I think Bama drops this one. Mark, you are 100% free to come at us when Bama wins by 30. Yep. Give us Ole Miss, though. Next up on ESPN, we stay in the SEC where the number 7th overranked LSU <laughs> Tigers are three-point road favorites at Wu Pig Suey of Arkansas. Dan has chosen LSU to win this one. The fans, 87% of them have chosen LSU. Jared, who do you got? Um... It's pretty easy in this one. Obviously, it's the SEC, so you don't want to choose either of them. You just wish they could all lose, right? But because we have to choose uh, a team, I'm obviously going to go with the underdog because I want the SEC to cannibalize itself and become the Pac-12 of the Southeast. Um, I don't think Arkansas has one bit of a shot in this game. They're playing at home, but as we heard on the Cover 3 podcast, it is modern gun season and so no fans will be at the game they'll be out <laughs> hunting wild boars yep. um i have no idea why the spread is at three though because kj jefferson is injured it's at mm-hmm. arkansas yeah shouldn't lsu be like a 10 12 point favorite i don't yeah but it, they're still lsu it that's true that's true i don't know i'm going with arkansas though but that's a principal pick not because i think arkansas is gonna win yeah give me lsu in this one i just think arkansas is bad man they lost to Liberty, bro. Arkansas is bad. Like, they are not in a good spot. LSU, they're kind of hyped. Will they have an emotional letdown game? Maybe. But I think the SEC is going to do its best to try to get three teams into the playoff. Yep. So they might force Arkansas to lose. Um, yeah, so give me LSU in this one. I'm not happy about picking it. But, yeah, uh, I'm only one pick behind Dan for first place right now. So I, I got I, I to gotta make sure. You got to keep not, it on the leash. I, I'm not going to be overly conservative. But let's just say I'm not going to be hucking it down the bu- I'm not going to be hucking it down the field every play. Instead, <laughs> I'm going to be throwing well-timed play-action passes. Okay, you know I respect that. I respect that. Uh, as a man that has nothing to play for because he's two spots down, I'm just hucking it to the wind, baby. You're literally two games behind. <laughs> You're three games out from first place, Jared. Three cheeses can, to the wind, baby. You can get that in one week, <laughs> um, and it's going to be this week, baby. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got Kansas State number 19 going to Baylor. Sold out, but they are convincing their fans to actually come to the game. Weird, they sold out. A booster bought a bunch of tickets and is giving them away for free to try and get more fans to come to the game. Cool. Interesting situation. I don't know. On their on their athletics team's post, it said, the game is sold out, but now you need to show out. So, like, I don't know. It's really interesting. They want to black it out, but apparently the AD said that the blackout uniforms are not in the closets this year. I don't know. Anyway, there's a lot of hype about this Baylor game. Kansas State, obviously, coming off of that tough loss to Texas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fans going with Baylor, 57%, so pretty close. Dan's going with Kansas State. This one's a tough one. And these are the matchups in which I will refer to the mascots. Ah, yes. You take a bear versus a wildcat. What is a wildcat? Is a wildcat like a cougar, or is it just like Mm. a cat that you would find in Peru on the street corner? I don't know. I think either way, a bear is going to win this fight. And Baylor's playing at home. Uh, the fans may not show up, but I think Baylor will. I'm going to take the Baylor Bears. Yeah, this is a wild cat. It's basically just a feral cat. Yep, it's 
smaller than an ocelot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a feral cat. Uh, give me Baylor in this one. I think it's going to be a very close game. I do think Baylor being at home will help them a lot. Uh, I do like the fact that Kansas State is purple. That's true. Just you know, I, I do have a dynasty at Kansas State on NCAA 13. But at the end of the day, I do think Kansas State is just slightly overrated that they blew out some. They were they were opportunistic. Yes, blew out some teams when they were down, and good for them for doing that. But I think Baylor wins. And this is the Big Twelve, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what the teams are ranked, no matter who they're playing, it's going to be a dogfight, and it's a coin flip every single game. Absolutely. Next up on ESPN two at five thirty, we have the fifteen ranked Tar Heels of the University of North Carolina taking on Wake Forest, who is a three and a half point home favorite. Seventy eight percent of the fans chose Unk UNC to win this game. Dan chose UNC to win this game. I also am going with Drake May and UNC to win this football game. Jared, who do you got? Uh, this is a uh, – I'm very excited about this game, and let me tell you why. Mm. Uh, because in the last couple of years that North Carolina Wake Forest have played, let's just say the overs have cashed, shall yeah, we? Just, just just a little bit. Um, 2020, 59-53. to 53. Oh. 2021, 58-55. to 55. Mm. The over-under for this game <clears throat> is like 77, 77 and a half or something. I'm going to slam the over. I want points galore. UNC had the worst, one of the worst defenses in the all of college football, let alone the Power Five, and they lost two of their best defenders. There's no way they're going to be able to stop Wake Forest. Wake Forest gave up 45 points to Clemson, who has a pathetic excuse of an offense. They literally don't have a quarterback on the roster. Um, I think this is going to be. Another 50-something to 50-something game. I'm going to go with UNC in this one. And and here's the reason why. Jessa, I know you're listening. This is for you. My cousin, and th- they live out in the North Carolina territory. My cousin and his, her family flew out. They went to a UNC game. They are now bought in on the UNC Tar Heels like I am bought into the Ohio State Buckeyes. So, this has now become a family ordeal. Don't tell Dan. But... Slight USC fan now, you know, keeping on the leash, right? Not okay. like excessive fandom, yeah. but in these kinds of situations, I'm leaning UNC. Give me the Tar Heels. And shout out to Carter Seitz, who DM'd us on Instagram on the um, Tipsy 10 post and said that they, quote, they are going to be like 95 points in this game. Well, I agree, Carter. That Absolutely agree. <laughs> All right, uh, second to last game. This is the G5 game of maybe the century? Yep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I Recency bias, definitely. But 22nd ranked UCF going to number 17, Tulane. Uh, Tulane is one and a half point favorite. Tulane, obviously, uh, very, very, very good this year. UCF has dropped a couple of kind of stinkers, uh, but they have looked good in the games that they have won. Uh, 1.30 p.m., ESPN2. This should be the 1.30 on ABC game. I have yep. no idea why on earth it is not. Uh, this game is going to be an absolute schmangle party. Yep. Fans going to UCF, 63%. Obviously, the national championship bias comes with that. Mm-hmm. Dan is going with Tulane. Justin right now has written in his box, MFN. MFN. What, explain. MFN Tulane, baby. I have been bought in on Tulane for weeks. When we projected our top six, who did I put in my top six? Tulane! Tulane. (laughs) I think that Tulane is a gosh dang good football team. 
And while I do respect Gus Malzahn and his trickiness, his slipperiness, give me Tulane. This is going to sound stupid, but when UCF wins, they look good, and when they lose, they look bad. Yep, that's true. That's not like BYU. BYU <laughs> looks bad every single game. Including when they win. Including when we win. Uh, I am also going to go Tulane. The colors, it's beautiful. The powder blue with the green, it looks even better than the powder blue with the, br- the red, in my opinion. It looks it's, good. It's tasty. It's like you can taste it when you look mm-hmm. at it. It's beautiful. Also, the reveal video, did you see this? The reveal video they had where it was like game day because they were mad that game day didn't come to the UCF yeah. Tulane game. Mm-hmm. So they did a game day edition of their uniform reveal and it was like it was it was spot on. They had like a Desmond Howard, a Kirk, uh and a Reese and a Corso character. Uh-huh. It was hilarious. <laughs> Give me Tulane. These guys know how to have fun. And like during the Aaron Judge thing, they had the Aaron Judge cut in over the uniform reveal. I just love these guys. <laughs> They're just having fun with it. If you think that uh, the Power Five is where the only fun football is played, you are wrong. Yep. And this game is going to prove it. Shout out to the 1934, 1939, and 1949 SEC champions, Tulane. Clap it up. That's great. Now for our final game of the week, because it is a BYU bye, we will not be talking about BYU, but we will be talking about our second favorite team. Wait, wait, which Tyler Alvear oh. just depleted a blitzing linebacker. <laughs> Literally <laughs> took him off his feet. <laughs> Love the zip. Okay, anyway. We're going to be talking about our second favorite team, the number four ranked TCU Horned Frogs, who are traveling to Austin, <laughs> Texas, where they will be playing <laughs> the number 18 Longhorns. What the frick did I just what witness on my television? Tyler! <laughs> did he get him? What a wild turn of events. Tyler coming from behind you on a on a on a pick. You don't you don't want that. <laughs> that is the last thing you want. Anyway, the number four TCU Horn Frogs at 5:30 p.m. on ABC will be traveling to Austin to take on the 18th ranked. Texas Longhorns and Quinn Ewers Dirty Mullet. Now, Texas is an eight-point favorite, but who do you got in this one? That was probably one of the most wild. That was a maxion play, bro. That's a maxion play. That's a maxion play. Marcus Mariota diving, spinning, throwing the pick six almost. Tyler Adjir chasing him down. Anyway, last play. Um, Texas, TCU. Obviously, I'm going with TCU in this one. I think Texas has a good shot to win this game because TCU has played these close games every single week. And I know it's a Big 12. I know it's super competitive. And I know that's that's expected almost. But you got to think that this is going to come back and bite you once in a while. But here's the thing. You are playing Texas. Mm-hmm. They are the kings of choking away games that they yep. should win. Uh-huh. They have no idea how to play in the fourth quarter of any sort of football game. That's Proper truth. football included. I don't know why, but it's included. I'm going to TCU. The Hypnotoad, the, they're playing for a playoff spot. They know that with the committee, if they lose, they're out. You know, Alabama and Tennessee can lose once. Georgia can lose once. Ohio State and Michigan can lose once. But TCU, they can't lose once. I think they're going to come out, play their horned. I almost said something that could have been misconstrued. Uh, they're going to play. I'm just going to say it. They're going to play their horny balls off. Because they're horned frogs. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. No, that's good. Uh, that's anyway, good. they're going to beat Texas by three touchdowns, and they'll be trailing by a touchdown going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, TCU will probably be down by 17 at some point, and then win this game by 17. Yeah. <laughs> TCU is just that team. They are that guy. I think Texas. Texas. I just, I just freaking hate Texas. Yeah, let's be like, honest. We all do. Screw Texas. Like 
Their only redeeming quality is that their head coach is an ex-BYU quarterback. <laughs> That's their literal only redeeming quality. Yep. So give me TCU on this one as well. I am a huge believer of the hypno-toad. Dan, however, has chosen Texas to win this one, betraying our hearts and our trust. Daniel. So, thank you to the fans, however, who 82% of them. Oh, that was yeah. not, not ideal. Yeah, not ideal. Thank you to the fans, <laughs> 82% of them, for choosing the TCU Horned Frogs. Uh, what an amazing week we have ahead of us. There are some freaking exciting games. I am so pumped for this college football weekend. Uh, I will be out of town for this one. Uh, Kinley's cousin has a wedding. And nice. so you know what I'm going to be doing the entire reception. I don't know anybody. So I'm just going to go sit in the back and watch football on my phone. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. Try not to get in trouble with your wife. Yeah, exactly. I, she's probably going to be back there watching with me. Let's be <laughs> honest. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, any parting thoughts on college football or BYU as they go into this tough week against the bye? Yeah, you know, BYU is favored by two and a half points against the bye this week, but you cannot overlook the bye. The bye is a formidable foe. It will really get you. Just this week in the NFL, we saw somebody who went on bye, went on a trip to Mexico, went ATVing, and broke their hand. So the bye week (laughs) is a formidable foe. Don't overlook it. Make sure you're keeping your eye on the BYU score this week. Yes, yes. Stay tuned into BYU. Do not tune us out. Uh, I said us because it's collective, right? Yeah, no. We are BYU. We are BYU football. The yeah. Royal Strong and True Podcast is BYU football. We are BYU football. Just look at the logo. It's blue. Yeah. It's royal blue. Yeah. We suck just like them. Dude, also the royal helmets, where are they? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We haven't seen them in like two weeks, three weeks. Uh, anyway, uh, my parting thought is thus. It is November. It is the second weekend in November. Mm-hmm. This is the time when college football, like college football is going on the whole season, yep. but this is where it gets intense, mm-hmm. right? Like the other games are fun and exciting. Alabama, Texas, I remember I was very involved in that one. I was so pissed because Alabama did not deserve to win that game. No, not at all. Regardless of what you say, Mark, they did not deserve to win the game, and I think he does it. Um, but this is where it gets intense because playoff spots are on the line. Conference championship spots are on the line. Look at TC or uh, – UCF and Tulane, New Year's Six birth is on the line. Like yep. this is where things come down to the wire, and this is where the atmospheres, the games, it's all going to mean more. So stay tuned in. Uh, it's Friday right now when you're listening to this. So catch ECU Cincy on your way out to go take your wife out for a date because Saturday, you need to be locked into the TVs. That's for sure. And if you're really a sicko, uh. Come to the BYU Intramural Fields at 8.15 on Friday to watch my team dominate in the second round of playoffs. Let's go! Let's go! Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very grateful that you decided to stick around with us and listen to this full episode. If you are still listening at this point, hop on our Instagram and our latest post. Comment the word yardstick. Yardstick? Yardstick. Comment the word yardstick on our latest Instagram post. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at loyal2royalpod. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Goodbye now.